Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Today I'm going to be sitting down with Katie Gallagher, who is the owner and founder of Tight Club Athletics. Tight Club is a training facility located in the heart of Chinatown in Vancouver, BC. And on today's episode, we get into um, how Katie got started as a trainer, the ethos behind Tight Club and what makes the space so special, the importance of body positivity and inclusivity within the industry. And then we later get into the brand's summer campaign and the importance behind it, which is super cool. Um, For those of you listening who are from Vancouver or visiting visiting Vancouver in the near future, I highly suggest popping into a class at Tight Club. Um, About two years back when I was visiting Van, I did a class with Katie actually, and it like completely changed my perception on like training and personal training um, entirely. So I highly suggest you do that. Um, Okay, so I'm going to stop rambling. We're going to get to the episode and I'll see you guys next time. For people who don't know who you are, introduce yourself. Okay, hello everyone. Um, my name is Katie Gallagher. I am the founder um, and director, creator of Tight Club Athletics, which is um, a fitness studio, a boutique fitness studio um, that has always been based out of uh, Chinatown in Strathcona in Vancouver. Nice. Um, so what were you doing before that? Were you always into um, fitness? Yes, in a way. Um, I've always identified myself as an athlete, um, (laughs) but kind of like a little bit of an, uh, like athlete outcast in a way. Um, I, I ran track and field at a, at a very high level for my age group, um, when I was younger. Um, I ran for Canada when I was 15 and 17 years old. And like the Olympics? I didn't go to the Olympics, but I went to like the World Youth Games. So like oh. the best of the best for when you're, you know, 15 and 17 right. years old. And That's crazy. I, had, I definitely had like Olympics, Olympic dreams in my life going <laughs> on. And I thought that was kind of like the, you know, the end all be all right. for, for an athlete, um, especially a track and field athlete. I was heavily inspired by track and field and athletics and Nike and, you know, everything that went along with what track and field represented at the time. And like the lifestyle too. Yeah, definitely. And, um, uh, so when you ask like, what was I doing before I started tight club? Yeah. I, you know, I kind of aligning with what I'm doing now. I, um, I've always kind of had a side hustle of, um, like movement empowerment. So I, I mean, that's a fancy word for personal training, but I, <laughs> like, honestly, I, um, I've always liked to train people who have never really identified as being athletes or ever really saw themselves like fitting in when it comes to gym culture. Mm-hmm. So like my first my first little group that I taught was back when I was like 17 years old. I had, I had, I was dating an older guy and I really thought his older sister was really cool. And so I like, you know, made friends with her and her friends. And before long, I had a little group of guys that worked in the, um, they were, they worked in the refrigeration, um, industry but they serviced grow ops at the time interesting 
Yeah. So I was training a bunch of like 30 year old dudes. Yeah. Um, and we were called fit from the five O. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> so that's kind of how I started when it comes to, or like what I was doing before tight club was when it, when it, you know, in a, in a fitness perspective, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, you know, I went to university, I studied marketing and advertising, and I had dreams of being, um, uh, you know, working for a marketing agency. Um, I went to school in Portland, Oregon, and Wyden and Kennedy is, you know, based out of Portland, or at least one of their offices are. And I had this dream of, of working there. I thought that was like the coolest place to work. You got to work with all the big brands like Nike, um, Old Spice, I don't know, tons of uh, Levi's, lots of cool brands. Right. Um, and so I, I kind of thought that that was going to be my future. Um, I, uh, I was on scholarship for track and field down there and I definitely hit, I hit a wall. I, I was burnt out. Um, I lost my love for athletics and movement um, based on the kind of coaching that was going on down there. It was very much fear-based and like, don't get me wrong. I love a good hard workout. I'm not afraid of a hard workout, but I just felt like my, I don't know. I don't think that my values were quite in line with the NCAA division one world. So, um, yeah, I ended up quitting track early and learning how to party and like Portland was a pretty cool place to learn how to do that in, I will say, (laughs) had a lot of fun. And then I moved to Vancouver when I graduated university in 2011 and, um, quickly, uh, packed my time with kind of smaller jobs. I worked, um, as a marketing intern at a local startup, Mm -hmm. um, that worked that specialized in social media. And I just found myself like falling asleep in my chair, writing blog posts in, in a voice that I couldn't really connect with. And, um, it wasn't until I started, you know, really connecting with the people that I worked with. I also worked at the alibi room, which is like, kind of the place where craft beer blew up in Vancouver. We had, you know, over a hundred craft beers on tap and, um, I feel like breweries are really big in van. Yes. It's a thing to do when you're there. Oh my gosh. And I'm not even a beer drinker, but, um, I'm pretty sure my boss hired me because I had like name dropped that I lived in Portland and Portland was kind of a Mecca for craft beer as well. Yeah. And so anyways, I got hired and I really connected with everyone on that team and, or not, well, yeah, that work team. And what was, um, similar between everyone there, everyone was a creative, Mm -hmm. um, everyone was either, you know, there were artists, um, there were musicians, um, and we all worked at the alibi room and they, I think, trusted me in, um, and being the person that could hopefully bridge the gap between where they were. And I think that where they were was a place where they had never, they kind of were starting to think about living an active lifestyle or incorporating movement into their life 
because they knew it could probably benefit them as an artist. Yeah. But there wasn't really a space for them to do that in that they felt connected to. So I kind of took that as my, my job to, um, bridge that gap. In-house personal trainer at work. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, it all started with, um, yeah, we, we started meeting up on Fridays at Friday afternoons at 12 o'clock at Andy Livingston park down the street. Mm -hmm. And I would create these like themed workouts for them. And, in hopes of, you know, changing the way they felt about fitness, um, and changing, yeah, the, creating a, a new type of experience that would, um, align with someone who has never felt represented in the fitness industry. And, um, and that's really what led up to, you know, me today and where I'm at today. Opening up was, a studio. Yeah. 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 So why don't we kind of talk about what separates Tight Club from other studios? I know myself when I was out in Van, I don't even, I think it was like two and a half years ago. Um, I kind of heard about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to check out this studio and see what it's all about. And the first thing that I got was like, yes, it's, it's kind of like your hit workout, like a boot camp style ish, but the environment was, I think you actually led the class. The environment was completely different from what I had ever experienced. Um, there was definitely no like yelling. It was more like encouraging, um, encouraging people to kind of like participate and push themselves. Um, so yeah. So kind of tell me how you wanted to get like, what was the whole background of how you wanted to approach workouts? Yeah. Um, so I was kind of in a place where movement and exercise really scared me, or I was just in a bad place. My experience with university track and field had tainted me. And coming back to Vancouver, I really wanted to be able to identify those factors or those barriers um, for me that was preventing me from accessing workouts that, you know, may be tough Mm -hmm. um, and be really challenging. And Um, and it got me really thinking, like, if I'm feeling this way, if I'm feeling like I'm hitting some barriers, um, that are preventing me from, um, really accessing the kind of movement that I personally love to do, I wonder what the other barriers are for people. So back in the day before we've done a lot more work, and I'll talk about that later, but, um, um, our workouts are designed to touch on kind of the five different elements of fitness that everyone should have in their life. And um, so we have a class that's developed kind of by kind of with the per- or a, uh, a physio in mind. It's kind of like the class that I say that your physio will be stoked that you take, but it's our booty love class. It's fully focused on lower body strength and stability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our lower impact class. And I think that it's, perfect for anyone who is truly trying to either rehab an injury or um, train for a sport, like more of a high impact sport, like runners should take this class. Cyclists should take this class. Snowboarders should take this class. Like anyone who um, is aware of things like increasing their stability, increasing their agility um, should come and just get over the fact that the class is called booty love <laughs> and come and take a really well programmed class. I also um, feel like the booty love class like fills up mad quick. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a cool name or whatever, but it's also a lot more technical than maybe what people think. Mm -hmm. And I've hired, and maybe that's, you know, why I've hired only personal trainers and I've, you know, developed them into group trainers, but we're all coming, we're all programming our classes um, from more of a traditional lens, a traditional training lens. So, um, yeah, you're definitely getting your money's worth in these classes. Um, but kind of going back to your original question of, um, of, um, yeah, what did I want to change or what, what's different? Um, I really wanted people to, to be seen and heard when they come into my space and, you know, thinking about the natural progression of the history of tight club, we went from the field um, into my, I lived in a coach house and upstairs was my studio apartment and downstairs was my two car garage. And I turned that into a studio. And so that's where I developed my mat workouts. And ultimately people were coming into my home. People had to like walk upstairs at six in the morning to use the washroom and pass my sleeping boyfriend at the time. So I really like out of just, you know, nature, I treated them like they were truly coming into my home because they were. Yeah. And that sort of culture um, has been brought into our studio space. And even in the, um, the design of the space we built kind of the frame of a house as you walk in so that you can get, you know, the sense that, Oh, interesting. I'm not in this like sterile box yeah. where people you know, lift weights. Um, I'm walking into a space that really has, um, taken into consideration, um, you know, a certain aesthetics that I may align with. Um, my dad did all of the, the woodwork in the studio. So there's definitely like a family, you know, hands-on touch. And, um, so yeah, the whole like seen and be seen approach is really important to us. And I think that when, someone knows that they're being supported through something as vulnerable as movement and a workout. I think it'll, it allows them to um, maybe move bigger or, or try something that they wouldn't have, or just feel more supported. Um, We, something that we do that's kind of unique. I know some other places do this now, but um, we start, we always start the class with a check-in question and for the people who are not used to this and are like looking at their watches being like, we only have an hour of what are we, why are we doing this? This is a waste of time. Those people are, you know, I just love watching those people kind of cringe, but um, the check-in question truly is there to help level the playing field. So many people um, are either, scared shitless that they're in a space, um, where they have to move their bodies, you know, in public in front of a mirror. Um, and there can come with that comes a lot of, um, I don't know, preconceived notions or expectations. And when we can turn inwards, um, and, you know, face the center and, and allow everyone to have a voice where we're, asking a question that has literally nothing to do with a workout or movement. Um, it just helps everyone come to the same level 
And I find that based on the question, it really helps to unite and connect people. Like you'll see people after class stopping to talk and sit down in the front over an answer that, or, you know, an answer, a question they answered um, in the checking question. And, and that's really how this, well, that's one of the ways that this community has yeah, it's definitely you've built you've definitely built a sense of community there as well. Um, I feel like from everything that I've, you've just said, it's definitely more of like a mind and body experience, um, which is something really great because your classes are also they're not massive, they're not like a huge like forty person class. As I find that it's a little bit more intimate, um, mm-hmm. which is great, and I feel like from a trainer's perspective. Um, you can kind of like pick out people in the crowd that like, you know, maybe don't have like the greatest form and you kind of can help them with that as well. Just become better. Um, but definitely that's the vibe that I got when I came into the studio. Um, but I feel like there's a lot more things that you're working on and I kind of just want to get into that. Um, I know that you're really big on gaining the confidence, like, inside the studio so you can kind of use it outside if you want to touch on that a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know that's something that you're super passionate about. And I think that's kind of what what the brand messaging is with Tight Club as well. Yeah, it's, um, you know, there's been this buzzword um, in the past few years. uh, The buzzword is body positivity. And um, it... uh, for us, it's it's one of our values, um, but it's definitely taken us a few years to really define what what does body positive what does body positive mean? Yeah. Um, what does it mean to us? Because it, it in a way, what we're seeing in the industry is that it's starting to become almost like greenwashing. And no, it's not as simple as just stating we love you and we love your bodies. Like it's so much more than that. And, um, we actually had an amazing opportunity to work with a fat activist. Um, her name's Deandra Oliver and she, she's a client of ours and she graciously came in to run a workshop for us on, um, how to identify your own body positivity values as, um, as an organization. And, um, one of the biggest takeaways were identifying the barriers that marginalized people have experienced and are experiencing in the fitness industry. And, um, you know, we had to make a decision, like, are we going to, are we going to support these people or are we just going to greenwash ourselves as body positivity? So, um, with that said, we've, we've learned a ton and what we really stand for is, ultimately creating accessible spaces for all people, including marginalized people um, to access, I think the true gift of movement. And I I truly believe that everyone deserves to move. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyone who is able-bodied should really have a movement practice. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to do it at tight club. I think everyone has the resource or should have the resources to, um, to find what works for them, but kind of dialing back down on what our values are. Um, for us, opening the doors um, for, or for creating accessible spaces, um, 
things like um, some other barriers that we've identified um, are providing um, clothing at appropriate size runs so that um, people with larger bodies have something to wear when they work out. That's um, Deandra had us do this amazing um, uh, little uh, workshop or not workshop, this uh, thing we had to do, a little project we had to do, which was call up, um, you know, like the major retailers and ask like, Hey, um, do you have a size triple XL sports bra? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the large retailers don't. Yeah. And so there's just these societal norms out there that prevent people with larger bodies from exercising. So, um, so that's really important to me. I know we, we support, um, outdoor voices at our studio and we're really lucky to be able to sell their, their clothing. And, um, we were able to get kind of the most, um, their biggest size run line that we could get. And so far, um, it has definitely made a lot of our larger and smaller body, um, clients really happy and it definitely supports them in their exercise endeavors. Um, another barrier that people have experienced or that people experience all the time is the use of specific types of language when it comes to diet culture, um, you know, language that, that revolves around the ideal body type. And we are so, so not into the idea of associating exercise with weight loss mm-hmm. um, at Thai club. It's like, like movement needs to feel good. You need to feel like it's our job to make you feel good in your body and good through your movement. Um, and whatever else happens to your body and as a result will happen if you're in a happy place. Yeah. I think for me, yeah. One of the biggest things is just about feeling stronger, like not even looking stronger, but like feeling stronger, like mentally. Um, that's one of the reasons why I work out. So I think that, I mean, that's definitely a great, that's just a great topic to kind of like bring up as well. Um, not using working out so much as like an image thing, but more as a mental thing because it helps so much with with the anxiety and so many um, mental health issues. I think that working out um, really does play like a big factor in those as well. Absolutely. And I think that at this point, we're three and a half years into our studio and we ask this question all the time, what are you training for? Um, Like what's, what's getting you going? And Um, more and more people now are saying I'm working out, um, to feel strong. I'm working out so that my head feels good. Like I'm working out because I love the positive, like the endorphins. Yeah. Like the, the the conversation has like really made a shift. Um, I feel like in the past year or so. Absolutely. And, um, and I hope it is my hopes in Vancouver, at least that Tech Club is helping to, um, to steer that direction or steer that conversation into a really positive direction and, and hopefully create more awareness for other fitness studios mm-hmm. to take on, I guess you could call it like more of a feminist approach to movement and exercise. And, um, that's really what my passion is right now is to, is, is to really stand up as an ally for marginalized people who don't feel super represented in our industry. Yeah. Um, 
and as a yeah as a white female um it's who has never um had an eating disorder or dealt with i mean i've had of course i've had my own body image issues um growing up as an athlete who just because of my body type i i build muscle quite easily and with the nature of my sport i'm lifting a lot of weights so of course i like dealt with um you know things around that but I really know that it's my job as an ally. Like I need to use my strengths um, to help support and uplift others so that they too can enjoy what I um, have the privilege to enjoy on a regular basis. Yeah, definitely. I know you'd mentioned that um, you guys are kind of launching a new campaign for this summer that I kind of feel aligns perfectly with the brand message. So do you want to kind of just touch on that quite a bit? Um, I know that it's, it's going to be being your biggest and boldest self. So what's, what is going to be, what, what is that project going to look like? Yeah. Um, I'm really stoked on this. Um, I, how did, how did this come to light? I, Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll tell this. There's a little backstory to this. So I, my good friend, Jen Alexiak, she is a Vancouver based choreographer. She is just a brilliant, creative, um, and dynamic person when it comes to arts and movement. Mm -hmm. And she puts on this, like, the word is not burlesque because there's, they're not, her, her girls aren't stripping, but (laughs) it's a performance based, sexy show and um I went I don't know maybe it was in December and I watched it's called um smoke show and I watched the most incredible show um and I experienced there must have been like 15 women owning their sexuality and and this is where I came up with this like statement like this they're they were truly being their biggest boldest self and I went straight to her after the show I was like I was like dude that was brilliant um how did you do that like how did you you know I'm thinking in in like athlete terms I'm like how did you as a coach bring this out in them and she's like that's a really good question I guess um I guess you know everyone is different and I definitely had my own um expectations for what I wanted this show to be but when we got these individuals together, um, I let them, I let them develop this show, I guess, or their their dances based on their passions. What makes them be their biggest, boldest self? And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Um, and, um, and, and then so you I, had an aha moment, super aha moment, and I ended up bringing um, bringing her in to to. Create. We created our own workshop for my team, and and I thought, you know, if if Jen can do this with her girls, what can I do with my team? And if I can, if I can, uh, if, we, if I can get my team performing in a way, or just you know, being in a way where they are fully doing um, doing their job in a way that aligns with who they are and and what they love to do and what they believe in, then our clients are going to be given the permission naturally um, to at least 
hit their workout in with big movements, with bold movements, with brave movements. And, um, and that's really how that stamped, how that started. And then I realized, you know, we have a, a rotating wall, um, or an art wall mm-hmm. and I haven't, I haven't rotated the artwork for probably a year at this point. Right. And I just thought, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to um, show what we're, you know, the new, our, you know, our, our new efforts that we're doing. And um, I'm working with a, a designer and a great friend of mine. Her name's Jillian Danborg. And we are kind of the whole concept behind um, our summer campaign. Um, if you were to, you know, think back to, um, I mean, I was a little young for this as well. I, I'm, I'm sure you probably were too as well, but um, 90s rave culture. Um, oh, where- I remember 90s rave culture. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Not uh, that I could participate in it, but like I was definitely, like I knew about the warehouse parties and I was watching Electric Circus on Much Music every Friday night. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that I really, I wish those times were still around. <laughs> Well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> are you throwing a rave in the studio? Of course. So yeah, we are, um, we're taking inspiration from 90s rave culture where we saw it was, you know, um, a meeting place for, you know, freaks and geeks and where they could unite and just let it rip and let loose. Um, and we've been kind of using this phrase, like, you got to get loose to get tight kind of thing. Like, yeah. you got to fully give in and fully submit um, to get the most out of whatever you're trying to do. And so we've, you know, it's it's kind of secret, like, what we're actually going to do to this wall and how we're going to create, you know, a consistent art experience or visual experience throughout the studio but I will say that we are going to host a day party um kind of electric circus themed in a way and um really and and that's going to be launching for like the the start of summer so summer solstice is June 22nd Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to make a video we are yeah we're going to throw a party we'll probably throw in like a product or two and, um, and really try to get people stoked on moving their bodies and, and, and taking up as much space as they need in order to love the movement. Amazing. I love that. So yeah, if you're in town, come party. That's going to be a fun summer. Um, <laughs> okay. So we spoke about the studio. Now let's talk about you. What is a typical, like, day look like for you? Cause I'm, you are a business owner, um, and kind of you, you work for yourself. So mm-hmm. what does like a typical day look for you look like for you? Okay. So, um, I'm going to do a little, um, comparison of what it used to look like yeah. versus what it is now. But uh, also we like don't have that much time and I still want to like get into one okay. more topic before that, but yes, okay. tell me. I'll make, I'll make it quick. Okay. So two and a half years ago, before I had a team, mm-hmm. I was teaching probably t- at least 20 classes a week, plus at least 10 to 15 personal training sessions a week, doing the emails, trying to manage 
um, a failing relationship and, um, you know, kind of like blasting my face off on the one for the one night off I had on Saturday night. And I went crazy and it was too much and it was very unhealthy. And, you know, fast forward now, I have really done the work to build a team um, and create balance in their lives and in my own. Um, I definitely put my team first. Um, but I know that if I can give them a schedule and give them a life where they find balance and they're not overworked, then there's going to be a way higher likelihood that I am able to live a life like that as well. And so these days, um, I teach six classes a week and I have like three personal training clients that I see. And, you know, I do like, I'm, I'm a big fan of consistency, but not every day is the same. I'll say like every Monday is kind of the same. Every Tuesday is kind of the same, but what is consistent throughout the week, throughout the week is that I have joined um, a weightlifting group and I am a competitive, I will be a competitive Olympic weightlifter. That's amazing. It's so fun. That's so exciting. And you're having fun with it too. I am loving it. It makes me feel like an athlete and a kid again. And I'm definitely connecting to my roots of like kind of being competitive with myself again in in a really healthy way. And, um, so yeah, my first competition's in June. Well, um, sending you good luck. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I wake up in the morning, depending on, you know, if I have a client in the morning, like yesterday, okay, yesterday was kind of crazy. Yesterday I woke up at 4.10, I jumped in the shower, I finished prepping for the day and I taught a 6 a.m. class, a 7 a.m. class. I had a personal training at 8.15. Um, and then I had an interview with Kit Nace at 9.30. And then I taught another personal training session at 10.45. And then I had a, another two-hour interview for Namaste Magazine. Wow. And then at 2 o'clock, I saw a client. And at 3.30, I taught another class. And then basically, I, was, I went home and crashed and burned. So Yeah, I'm I just going to say, Katie, that is not a relaxing day at all. No, that wasn't. <laughs> but today, you know, I get to talk with you and I get to go to my practice and I actually get to see this is kind of cool. This is something that has changed my life. Last year for my 30th birthday, a couple of my friends got me a um, gift certificate to see a alternative healer. I'll say, I'll call her that. She read my stars. She read my tarot cards. She read my tea leaves. I love that shit. Wow. Oh my God. And I went in like being like, you know, like this is a birthday present. So I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting much. And this, I was going to really really bad breakup with like legal shit going on around it. And this woman gave me, you know, regardless of, um, if she can see the future or not, she gave me some of the best advice that like, like better advice than a friend could give me better advice that my mom could give me. It was just solid, like real great advice. So I'm going to go back and see her today and like, let her know how my year's been. You'll probably feel so energized after you see her too. Yeah. I'm really stoked. 
That's amazing. So yeah. Sending you a good day today. You're probably going to have a great day. I can't wait. So right before we go, I just want to get into where your, like what your future is, like what's your future vision is to develop the brand? Whew. Um, that is such a good question. I, I It may be a long one, but like, yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I am not interested in opening up more studios. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's because I'm a little shell-shocked of my lifestyle when I was building, like really truly in the building phase of my first one. But I am so protective and so worried that I will deplete um, or dilute how special this one space is with another one or another or three or whatever. Like the, the quality of experience is so strong right now. I really don't want to fuck it up. So like every day I wake up thinking, how can I grow this company without growing it physically? And I know that that lies on, you know, Katie Gallagher. Um, Do I, I don't know, go on tour? Do I do speaking (laughs) events? Do I, but like ultimately what I'm really passionate about right now is telling the story um, of like the whole reason why we're here, what our ethos is and in hopes to inspire other fitness studios to be more inclusive in their space, to be, and to be more mindful. Be, exactly. And, um, if I can, if I can do that in a way that, um, you know, can change other people's lives. So I don't all, honestly, like I don't expect everyone should, I don't, I don't think everyone should come to tight club. Like we do things a very certain way and there are other great studios that do their, what they do really well. Mm-hmm. But I do think that no matter what you like or how you like to work out, there are some like pretty strong points of maybe you could call them touch points that like, I think that studios and the fitness industry in general need to improve on so that, all people, all types, um, all ages, genders, sexualities, abilities can feel supported um, and represented um, in whatever fitness facility they step into. Love that. So yeah, unfortunately this is all the time that we have, but thank you so much. I'm so happy we finally were able to do this. I know we've been talking for quite some time. For the people listening, if you're not already following Tight Club, do that. And also follow Katie's personal account. What is that again? It's Katie Thousand. And it's spelled, okay, it's weird. <laughs> E-I-G-H-T-Y-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. Okay. So do that. And <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. 